Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 29th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, it, it was a little late. I mm-hmm. wasn't 100% sure that I was going to make it in, but I did get the semi-promised episode of Tell Me More into the feed on Saturday evening around 7.30. In this episode, I talked with... Yeah, I was uh, glad I was able to get that knocked out. Um, I talked with... Uh, scholar and author Mark Larson, who recently put out a new book called Ensemble, an Oral History of Chicago Theater. It is a huge 650-page book chronicling really the past six to seven decades of uh, of Chicago theater, really since the rise of it in the 50s and 60s. And he talked to everybody. He talked to over 320 people for the book, including some of the biggest names to come. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, including some of the biggest names to come out of Chicago theater, like Laurie Metcalf, Tracy Letts, David Cromer, uh, Michael Shannon, Gary Sinise, many, many more. Um, so he's a, uh, it was a great conversation. He had so many insights, and the book is really good. It's out now, I, 650 pages, and I'm a slow reader, so I haven't read it all, but I read uh, as much of it as possible beforehand. A lot of great stuff about Steppenwolf. Um, good stuff about Greece and uh, a really cool book. So I recommend you listen to that uh, episode. Then, of course, we'll have a link so you can purchase the book in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com as well. That will be added to my very long to-read list. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of gave up to-read list. I just oh, buy God. things yeah, and then absolutely. I never read them, but I have them here if I need to. So, um, But then on Sunday, uh, James, Michael, and Jan... Uh, had a new episode of This Week on Broadway, and in it they discuss Roadshow from Off Center, The Rolling Stone at LTC, Moscow, 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 Moscow at MCC, Broadway Bounty Hunter, and a lot more, so check that out. Now, Ashley, you weren't here with me on Thursday night because you were seeing a show at The Flea, which I heard Maximu preview on their July preview episode called Bar Dykes. Now, you're going to be writing in uh, a review for Go Mag for this. It's not out yet, but right. what did you uh, what did you think if you're willing to share that uh, before the article is actually published? Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's a show from the other side of silence, which is uh, very centered on queer theater, written by Meryl Mushroom in the 80s, and it's centered on, like, the girl bars of the 1950s and 1960s pre-Stonewall, I believe it was. So it, uh, it, you know, it's historically so, but also very timely, unfortunately. It was a great show. I hope everyone gets to see it. I think it's only for a one more week. I think it's until August 3rd. So head over to the flea if you have time and your vast theater going schedules, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of great stuff happening in the summer that are very short runs because of festivals and yes. stuff. And I think this is actually part of a festival at the flea, right? Yes, yes, yes. Very cool. All right. So, Ashley, let's get on to today's episode. We're going to start with this week's theatrical schedule. It's actually one of the more quiet ones we've had over this past month, uh, at least since the 4th of July week. But it starts off tomorrow night when previews begin over at Second Stage with the new Best Wall play, Make Believe, directed by Michael Greif. The show is set to run through September 15th. The press notes describe the show thusly. When does real life collide with Make Believe? 
For the four Conley kids ages 5 to 10, playing house is no longer a game when their parents inexplicably disappear. 32 years later, their search for answers continue. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, Anybody who's ever seen anything by Bess Wall knows that she is one of the best playwrights working, not even just up-and-coming playwrights. She is uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, this has a few names you might recognize. Susanna Flood, Ryan Faust, Harrison Fox, Mm. uh, and, and Samantha Mathias and more. But... Always good to be able to see something by Bess Wall. This is one of those shows that we talked about on This Week on Broadway when we did our big season preview, and it's definitely one of the shows I'm most anticipating this season. I love her work. This seems like it's a mystery thriller, which is one of those shows that is so specifically (laughs) right up my alley, so I can't wait to see it. Yeah. All right, so next up, on Thursday... I. I'm a little shocked that I'm actually including this on something beginning previews because I wasn't 100% sure this would actually happen. But that out of hell, the musical will begin performances at New York City Center beginning on Thursday. It is currently scheduled to run five weeks through September 8th. This, of course, is the musical spectacular that had actually a really good run in London that tells a weird, crazy story around the music of Jim Steinman performed by Meatloaf. In the show, you meet uh, a number of crazy characters in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, The show stars Andrew Pollack, Christina Bennington, Bradley Dean, and Tony winner Lena Hall. Uh, I've said many times, I love me some Meatloaf songs, Mm -hmm. uh, and I love me some Lena Hall, Mm -hmm. and this show has had a crazy ride to New York. Uh, I wish it the best, but I'm, like I said, surprised that it's actually happening. (laughs) Absolutely. That's kind of what it comes down to. I don't really have any personal opinions or preferences to see the show, but the fact that it's absolutely uh, actually happening finally is... You know, congrats to the cast and creative team. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad, glad that it actually made it. So uh, then on Saturday, we have uh, the first of three closings this weekend. The first one is at Soho Playhouse. It is Reborning. Uh, this one is one we talked about before where an artist makes lifelike dolls of yeah. infants. Weird. Uh, then on Sunday, we have two shows closing, one in New York and one in Chicago. The first in New York is the new musical In the Green by Grace McLean over at LCT3. And then on Sunday, uh, probably later in the day since it's in Chicago, out at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, we have the final performance of this leg of six this show um, already has a couple other places lined up. It's going to play at ART in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Then it's supposed to play in Edmonton at the Citadel Theater. I've heard that there might be one more stop before the end of this year. And then it'll take over a theater on the Broadway uh, in the spring. And uh, as we've said before, I think at this point it is a safe assumption that the cast that we are seeing in those places will be the one that ends up in New York. Which I'm, I'm not necessarily on board with yet. I'm, I can't wait to see it. I've been a fan of the cast recording of the show since it kind of made its way into the cultural moment. And... Yeah, I I, I kind of nothing against anyone in the cast, but I think it no, would totally. have so much more selling power with some other people. 
Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it is writing a social media and fan focused Absolutely. wave right now. And it's getting great reviews and it's becoming this viral thing. I think that they're overestimating how much that translates to Broadway when you have to sell right. two to three times more tickets per performance. The tickets cost twice or, or three times as much. Um, I, I just think that they're taking a gamble that they don't have to take because getting some even just some Broadway names doesn't really cost that much in a six-person show exactly. uh, in relationship to the rent that they have to pay. That It's still a very cheap show to run. Um, I don't think a, a couple thousand dollars extra or even tens of thousands of dollars extra per week is really going to make or break the show. I think that having some recognizable names would actually help it sell better, but that does not have anything to do with the talent of no, the women who are not. in the show now. Uh, it just goes with name recognition, but we will see. Um, actually, as we're talking about shows that might be coming to Broadway, I did want to mention that currently there are six theaters that are open for this fall. Uh, I think we'll probably get at least a few of those to be taken by holiday-focused shows. And then in the spring, that's when things get interesting. We currently have 13 houses available in the spring not including anything that may close in january and i've talked about this before obviously if something that's open-ended starts in the fall and carries over into the spring that will negate a slot in both the fall and the spring but right now six in the fall not including some places that i think are going to be taken by holiday shows Mm -hmm. 13 in the spring I just hope that that means we get some announcements because I'm jonesing for something here and I I, I can't take this slow week. Well, yeah, with original scores, but I just need the news. I I want some news. I need some company. Um, We've already got shows like Blue, The Minutes, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, that have announced that they want to come to Broadway this year and they plan on coming to Broadway. Maybe we'll find out where those theaters are. Then things like Company, Six, maybe we'll find out Roundabout Season, um, the Lehman trilogy is, is apparently, you know, trying to come in secret life of bees, Barry Manilow's harmony. Maybe some of those shows will finally announce what their plans are, but, um, I, I need some announcements and I need them now. Matt's got the shakes producers. Let's go. <laughs> I do. But I'm not talking strawberry and vanilla. Uh. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't do chocolate shakes. It's too rich for me. Um, uh, okay. Let's move on to some recommendations. I've got three things here. I'm going to run through them really quickly. First up, uh, crazy things happen in live theater. And last week at Broadway bounty hunter, they had some sound mal- malfunctions. Uh, and I don't want to kind of spoil the whole thing, but mm. Jen Tepper wrote a little bit of an essay on Instagram and had a video of composer Joe Iconis explaining what was going to be happening. Uh, so we'll have a link to that in the show show notes then we also have the trailer for the musical finale of the tv show transparent um it's written by jill soloway and the show stars judith light gabby hoffman amy landecker jay duplass alexandra billings katherine hahn shakina nafak and trace lissette and joining them for this final musical finale is the one and only queen leslie margarita so definitely check yes. out that Very and then exciting. Yes, very good. And the thing that I uh, really, really enjoyed. um, So we've talked about the show Grand Horizons, which is coming to Broadway this year, but it is having kind of its out of town tryout at the Williamstown Theater Festival. Starring in that show, one of the many stars in the show is Ashley Park, Tony nominee for Mean Girls. And she is playing the wife of Thomas Sadowski in that show. 
Thomas Sadowski's real-life wife is Amanda Seyfried, who played Karen <laughs> in the original film version of Mean Girls. So one of the things they do at Williamstown Theater Festival is they have some cabarets as right. uh, as fundraisers. Also in that cast is Jesse Tyler Ferguson, so he performed. And um, the two Mean Girls decided to perform a song together. They did a mashup of Taylor Swift's Mean and Lily Allen's F.U., uh, and they changed up the lyrics and they dedicated it to um, Regina George. Love and that. so it was very fun. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. Um, so we've got video of that. I'm a big Amanda Seyfried fan, I'm a big yeah. Thomas Sadowski fan, big Ashley Park fan as well. Yeah. So uh, this was very fun and uh, very cool. So check that out in the show notes. All right, Ashley. So before we get out of here, two things I wanted to discuss. First, as is her want in Vulture's typical posting schedule, Sarah Holdren released her Moulin Rouge review after I recorded Friday's episode. But since we stand Sarah Holdren here, I did want to give everyone her highlights. In fact, I'm going to read the closing paragraph from her review. She said, quote, The real frustration of Moulin Rouge is that it feels so completely like a product. Underneath its pulsing crimson exterior, it's creepily cold-blooded. Glib and fancy, sanded down and packed full of pop, it never moves us. It hardly even titillates. The bohemian ideals its characters keep trumpeting, truth, beauty, freedom, love, might as well come with a trademark symbol attached. For $40, you can buy them in the lobby in a t-shirt. Right after you've listened to the cast, follow up a romantic tragedy by bopping around to Hey Ya during the curtain call. In in the immortal words of Outcast, why oh why oh why oh why oh why oh why? And, uh, yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't, uh, from what I've seen, I don't disagree with that. I'm very much looking forward to seeing it and more of its, you know, the cabaret side of everything and... That's very much my alley, but I, I I felt the same way about the movie. I know you like the movie, but I love the I, movie. Yeah. I, yeah, it just it's it feels very packaged to me. I I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I mean, like, I think if you're going into this show with that much spectacle and you are expecting something more than that, I think that's a you problem. Like, that's of course, very true. You, you would want to have some sort of emotion in any show that you see, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I like this is about the spectacle. The yes. Moulin Rouge is about exactly. the spectacle. Yeah. The sh- the the show and the story. This kind of amalgamation of Orpheus and Eurydice and La Boheme. Mm-hmm. This is a vehicle for the spectacle, for the songs, for the glitz, for the glamour, um, and. I'm okay with that. Like, I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think you have to understand what it is that you're getting yourself into. Again, haven't seen it. Um, I would love it to be, I did find the movie to be more emotionally uh, centered than it sounds like this show is, but like, I'm okay with it just being glitz and glamour. And honestly, I've said before, I want to sit in the can-can seats because if people are going to be shaking it, I want them to be shaking it right in my face. (laughs) You know, like that's what I want from Moulin Rouge. It's very fair. I mean, as far as the real Moulin Rouge, no one can ever accuse it of being innovative. The Moulin Rouge is what it is. It hasn't really changed much in a very long time. And people go to the Moulin Rouge for the experience, the can-can girls and the red and the velvet. And that's what you're getting with this musical as well. So I think you're right. I think it is kind of 
dishonest and maybe a bit naive to expect anything more. I It's a jukebox musical about the Moulin Rouge. I mean, you get what you're, what's in the name. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's dishonest necessarily. I just think it's somebody who, if you're going in expecting, you know, the band's visit or sure. Hades Town yeah. or, you know, things like that over the past few seasons this ain't that yeah. and that's okay uh, i think every piece of art should be judged on its own solely stated yeah. goals whether they're actually you know pre-stated or what the show is telling you its goals are and that's okay that's okay so why you why you why you why you why you are we so in denial when we're not happy here y'all don't want to hear me you just want to get so moving on, let's close out the week, Ashley. Um, last week, there were a handful of performances at the American Museum of Natural History in which Dave Malloy presented 90 minutes of his new musical adaptation of Moby Dick literally underneath a giant whale that was hailing from the, uh, hanging from the ceiling. In the presentation, I've got, uh, there's a full cast list out there, but some of the big uh, parts included Robert Cuccioli playing Ahab, which... I stand Cooch uh, here. Um, <laughs> Nick Chocksky as uh, as Ishmael of Call Me Ishmael fame. And Dave Malloy himself played author Herman Melville. And last week on Friday, after these presentations were over, we learned that Malloy will be reprising the role in the musical's official world premiere at Cambridge, Massachusetts American Repertory Theater. The show will begin performances on December 3rd, and I'm very excited to see whom else is added to the cast mm-hmm. and how they bring this story to life which does not automatically seem like it would translate to the stage because Malloy's shows in one way or another are always epic whether it's the size of the show like Great Comet or a size of the task that he gives himself in something like uh, Octet right um, they're always epic they're always big Uh, so this seems like a perfect fit for him as a writer Mm -hmm. and especially with uh, with Rachel Chavkin directing it seems like a perfect fit for her as well yeah, I'm very curious to see it. I'll probably make the trip down, up to do so. Always thrilled to see him collaborate with Rachel Chavkin. I think this is their third or fourth between Natasha Preludes and Three Pianos being the ones they know of. I also know this has been in the works for a very long time because they previewed part of it at Joe's Pub five years ago. So oh, wow. It's another one of the... It was like the second or the third part that they did back in 2014 at Joe's Pub here. So it's good to finally wow. see it come to fruition and, you know, him getting to actually show off his acting chops in a big role. Yeah, after he played uh, Pierre originally right, in, exactly. in Great Comet. So, all right, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. All right, if you get a chance sometime, today is your... Starting your work week and maybe procrastinating on things you don't want to do yes. at work, go head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you get our podcast. Give us a rating and a review. We would appreciate that. Uh, so until tomorrow, have a wonderful Monday, and we'll talk to you then. Get that procrastination. <laughs> <laughs>